we can continue to worship our Heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the Spirit. Please turn with me to Psalm 56. We're going to continue in Psalm 56, part 2, is our trust in God. And we know that we're all in lockdown now, so it's important that we do walk as wise men and women, not as unwise men and women. And let's give it our best, because like I said last week, the day is evil and wicked. And let's keep good hygiene, let's keep social distancing, let's just keep honouring our government, what they ask of us as, as Christians. But here we are, back in Psalm 50. Psalm 56, starting at verse 1. Be gracious to me, O God, for man trembles on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they endure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For their crime will they escape. In wrath cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back. In the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. In God whose word I praise. In the Lord whose word I praise. In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thanks offering to you. For you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling. That I may walk before God in the light of life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we can be here this morning. We can come and worship you in spirit and truth. But we can come to be encouraged, to be strengthened in your word. You are our rock, our fortress. You are our refuge. And I pray, Father, that as I continue in the psalm, in part two, is our trust in God, that we would allow your word to, to minister to us, that your word would, would train us and, and encourage us and comfort us as we go through this uncertain time as we go through this painful uncertain time with what the coronavirus is doing to our world but have mercy upon us father please please help me help me now to be faithful to the scriptures help me to be um, found trustworthy and i pray that you congregation all of us will allow our ears to hear what god has to say to us through the sacred scriptures through scripture, which is God breathed. It's alive and it's profitable. So, Father, thank you now. Thank you again that we can be here this morning and we can come and worship you in spirit and truth. May we be encouraged. May we be strengthened so we can go out there and be strong and courageous. Pray in us this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Like I said this morning, we're going to continue with part two. Is our trust in God? And the purpose is, like I said, is to encourage us to refresh our hearts in Christ Jesus. To put our trust in God. Especially what we're going through now with this coronavirus flu. 
we're in lockdown. And I think it's important that, that, that we look to God at this time. Especially us Christians. Show the world who we trust, who we believe. Put our faith in our God. And the big question is, is our trust in God? Is your trust in God? Is my trust in God? Last Sunday, we, we were in part one, and we looked at the first thing from Psalm 56, verses 1 to 13, to be encouraged, what we need to know when we are afraid, and that is to turn to God. Turn to God when you're afraid. Put your trust in God. And we saw David doing this in verses 1 to 7 of Psalm 56. Last Sunday I said it's easy. It's easy to trust in God when all is well. It's easy to trust in, in God when your finances are going well, marriage is going well, parenting is going well, your, your job, your health. But the question is, as soon as God steps in, and as soon as God rearranges our lives and puts um, discomfort in our lives, He brings pain and suffering, tragedy, he brings discomfort. Is our trust still in God? Will we continue to trust God? Lockdown. We're in lockdown. And, and it's going to bring discomfort. Getting the coronavirus flu will bring discomfort. Going from healthy to unhealthy. Going from living to dying. It's going to bring discomfort. Lockdown is going to affect our pensions. It's going to affect our salaries. It's going to affect our jobs, our businesses. This is real. This is reality. It's no longer idealism or the ideal. This is reality. Everything is going to be affected and it's going to be painful. But will we stand together? Will we continue to put our trust in God? I stand here this morning on the one side. We have load shedding to compete with. On the other side, we have the coronavirus to compete with. And in the middle, we have the struggles, the day-to-day -day struggles that come our way to compete with. But I tell you this, all of the above will drive fear into our hearts. The person that says, I fear nothing, I fear nothing, is a fool. And he's probably lying. But what do we do when fear strikes? When fear enters our hearts, will we do as David did? Will we turn to God like he did and put his trust in God? He knew what to do when he was afraid. He knew to turn to God. He put his trust in God. David's trust was in God. And we're afraid. Do we know what to do? Will we turn to God and put our trust in God? What does the all-seeing God see in our hearts today? Does He see us trusting in Him alone, or are there idols that we are trusting in? It's very difficult to trust in the things of the world, because they will disappear, they will dissipate, they are not concrete. God is our refuge, God is our rock. So let's continue in part two. Let's continue to see who our trust is in. Let's continue to look at the second thing from Psalm 56, verses 1 to 13, that we need to know when we are afraid. To be encouraged, to turn to God, to put our trust in Him, to wipe away our fears.
wipe our fears away. But before we do this, just a short recap on our first thing that we needed to know when we are afraid. And that was to put our trust in God. This is what we saw David doing in verses 1 to 7 of Psalm 56. I mentioned last Sunday, what do we base our trust on? What do you and I base our trust on? Is it on feelings, emotions, or is it on facts? Do we base our trust on feelings or on facts? Remember that quote last week that I quoted? Here it is again. Trust is not a feeling that all will work out for the best. Trust is a conviction arising from what God has himself said. A confidence in promises. Hebrews 4.14 Hebrews 4, um, to 16 is a lovely promise. Talks about, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God promises he will help us in time of need. But will we be patient to wait on him as we put our trust in him? So trust must be based on God's word, on promises, not based on feelings or moods. And that's what we learned from David. We saw David live out his life according to God's word rather than according to feelings. Feelings will come. Let's not, let's not say we don't have feelings and emotions. We do, but will we bring them in line with God's word? Will we allow feelings to run away with us? Or will we run to God with our feelings and to his word and let his word minister to us? Because David said in verses 3 to 4, When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? David put his trust in God because his trust was in God's word, in the sacred scriptures, in the promises. It wasn't based on feelings and moods. Here's another quote from A.W. Tozer. He said, we are to live according to a high logic of spiritual truth, not according to our feelings and moods. It just shows. I think today we have what we call mood theology. When things are going well, we're in a good mood. When things are not going well, we're in a bad mood. And that affects our marriages, our parenting, affects the people in our workplace. It rubs off negatively in them. So when fear strikes, anxiety strikes, we must turn to God. Put our trust in God, not in our feelings. We must go to the scriptures and trust in the sacred scriptures. Romans 15.4 says this. Romans 15.4 For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. There it is. Our hope is not in feelings or emotions. Our hope is in the sacred Scriptures. I'm reminded of, of, of Daniel in Daniel um, Chapter 3. You could please turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. And we know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
are about to be thrown in the furnace for not bowing down to a golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they're about to be thrown into the furnace. Now you don't see them panicking. You don't see them relying on feelings or emotions. This is what they say. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the golden image that you have set up. How did they know that? How did they know that? Well, they knew scripture. They knew that back in, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, you can turn with me there to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 6. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Verse 8. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the inequity of the fathers on the children. And verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless or take who takes his name in vain. You see, they didn't trust in their feelings, emotions. They trusted in God's word. The scriptures kept them rational, kept them faithful, kept them rejoicing in God in that sense. So our first thing from Psalm 56 verses 1 to 7, when we are afraid, is to put our trust in God. Let trust be found in God to wipe away our fears. Well, now let's look at our second thing. This morning, the second thing that we need to know when we are afraid is to know that God is for us. Oh, that's so beautiful. To know that God is for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? And this is what David shows us in verses 8 to 13 of Psalm 56, that God is for us. In verse 8, you will notice there, You have kept count of my tossings. You have put my tears in your bottle. That's so encouraging when you read that. And they are not in your book. What's so encouraging is that when we do not have words to pray to God, but we have tears to show Him. Our tears are in a bottle. Put my tears in your bottle. God has a bottle with our tears. When last have we cried out to the Lord? When last have we shed tears before God's throne of grace? Have, have we been weeping over what's going on in this world with the coronavirus? Have we actually sat down, opened up the scriptures and wept for what's going on? In our world and in the churches. Are we, are we as churches being faithful to the scriptures? Are we being faithful to praying and pleading with God? This is a great time to test our faith. To see if it's a lip service or if it's in our heart and we honor God with our hearts. Because if it's in our hearts we will show the world God's glory and God's 
God's goodness and kindness flowing through our character. Maybe this morning you woke up and it's locked down and, and fear got hold of you suddenly. It strangled you. You couldn't function. You couldn't think rationally. And eventually you just cried out before God and you wept for mercy and help. Be encouraged. Psalm 56 verse 8 tells us that it's not wasted time before God. Because our tears are stored in a bottle. Our tears are stored in heaven for divine action. For a time when God will give compassionate attention to our sufferings. That brings fear. God will not forget them. Our tears do not go unwanted. And that is beautiful to see. In 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel. You probably know where I'm going to. There's Hannah. Hannah's womb has not borne a child. Hannah had no children. And there she is in verse 7. So it went on year by year. As often as she went to the house of the Lord, for she used to provoke her. That's Alcana's first wife, used to provoke her. Or one of his other wives. And often as she went up to the house of the Lord, there Hannah wept and would not eat. And Alcana husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? And in verse 10, she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. God saw those tears. God answered her prayers in his time and gave her a beautiful young boy called Samuel. God sees our tears. They are bottled and they are there to encourage us. Someone said God has a bottle and a book for his people. Tears, both those of their sins and of those of their afflictions. I think of Peter. Remember Peter denied Jesus three times? And what happened? He went out and wept bitterly. And what happened after? Eventually Jesus, the Son of God, comforts him with words by asking Peter three times, Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? Do you love me? Jesus himself gave Peter compassionate attention, gave him the love that he needed. Again, it was in God's time to comfort Peter and encourage him. So don't be afraid to cry at this time. Don't be afraid to weep. I encourage you to shed tears before God. He will come to our rescue. He keeps an account of our tears. He does not ignore our fears. And this should encourage us to trust God when we are afraid. To know God is for us. God is for us. And he will hear our prayers. Just think of a, another great man of God. Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Nehemiah asked some brothers about Jerusalem. What was happening? What went on? And the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. What does Nehemiah do? 
Does he allow his feelings and emotions to get in the way? No. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Like we all should do. Nehemiah looked up to the heavens, knowing where his help comes from. He cast his, his, his anxiety, his fears on God. And he wept and mourned, fasted and prayed. And God saw those tears. And after six months, allowed him to go to restore those walls. God sees our tears. Even when you, if you're tossing around, a lot of people are probably tossing around at night in bed now because of fear of finances, fear of job loss, fear of this. They're tossing and turning. Just cry out to the Lord. He sees your tossing. He sees your tears. Cry out to him for he is for us, not against us. David not only puts his trust in God, but he also knew God is for him. And God is for us. He says in verse 9, I know that God is for me. God is for us, brothers and sisters. He's not against us. This coronavirus is not against us. It's for us. It's, it's for us to get down on our knees and to pray and to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. To grow and get to know this God. Embrace His truths. We know about Him so much. We talk about Him. But now the test is, will we put faith on our feet or feet on our faith? And will we walk by faith and not by sight? Will we, will we be doers of God's word? But how does David know that, he, that God is for him? How does he know? How does he get to a point in his life to say, This I know that God is for me. How does he get to that point? Well, we look at verses 10 to 11 of the psalm to answer our question. In God whose word I praise. In the Lord whose word I praise. In God I trust I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Again, it is God and his word that causes David to say, I know that God is for me. We can say the same. The same is for us. David worships the same God that we worship. It's the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. God does not change. And we can put our trust in him, knowing that he is for us. David would have grown in his trust for God, knowing that God is for him. Because he would have looked back and read scripture and read about how God was for the Israelites at the crossing of the Red Sea. He saw his power. He saw the almighty God apart the seas for the Israelites to go through. He saw, he, he would have, we didn't see that. He would have read about that. He would have read about how God destroyed the enemies in the wilderness. How he went ahead of the Israelites, a cloud during the day and a fire at night. These things strengthen us. They give us courage and strength. Scripture is our only hope, brothers and sisters, in a time like this. You cannot put your hope in anything else. You cannot trust anything else. Because it is sinking sand. Upon this rock I build my life. Because it's solid ground. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's God's word that we build our life upon. And David would have strengthened his heart in reading the scriptures, looking back at the history of the Israelites. But he also had his own personal experiences where he could say, God is for me. As a shepherd boy, he witnessed God's help. God delivered him from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. God delivered him from Goliath. 
God will deliver us from our stresses and our anxieties. But are we willing to trust Him and know and believe that God is for us? We too need to go to the Scriptures, brothers and sisters. We need to go when we are afraid. We need to go to the Scriptures and allow God to strengthen our inner man. The eye of our inner man needs to be strengthened and encouraged. You go to scriptures. Listen to some of some verses from Psalm 119 to see the value and, and the importance of reading scripture. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. That's Psalm 119 verse 28. Listen to verse 107. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord. According to your word. Verse 114. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Verse 147. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. That should be us every morning. Arising and, and crying out to God. And putting our hope in his words. And then verse 161. Princes. Persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. There is power in God's word to save us for salvation, and there's power in God's word to encourage us, to sanctify us, but to calm our fears and to carry us through our sorrows. God's word is alive and it's, and it's profitable. So will we trust in God? Will we allow our hearts to stand in awe of his words? David knows that God is for him because God's word tells him. He trusted in God. He knew that God is for him. That's why he could write. Listen to verse 4 of Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you, that's Yahweh, are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. There is God's defense and care for us. He's the rod that was used to fight off the enemy and defend all the, 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 when he was shepherding the sheep, fight off the lions and fight off the bears. And the, and the, and the staff was there to guide the sheep and, and also to, to rescue a sheep. The staff had a, had a hook where he could get around the neck of the sheep and pull it out from somewhere. It would be there to, to, to care for the sheep. God cares for us more than we will ever know and understand. So we can cast our anxieties upon Him because He cares for us. That's what Scripture is there at, the, at now. It's beautiful. Scripture should come alive. God is for us, brothers and sisters. Just, just read some, some verses from, from Romans 8 that, that Paul penned. And we know all Scripture is given to us. By the Holy Spirit, who worked and moved in men. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I'm not sure, for I'm, for I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor heights nor depths nor anything else in all creation will—that's a promise. That's the language of promise. Will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in Hebrews 13, there's more promises. Go to God's word. Find these promises. They're gold to us. 
Keep your life free from the love of money. And that's going to hurt a lot of people now. If, you're, if, if, if love of money is the root of all evil, the love of money, not money, nothing wrong with money, but what you love is the root of evil is going to affect you. Keep your life free from love of money and, he, and be content with you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? There's a promise. There's a promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And these promises are found in sacred scripture, in the authoritative word of God. We need a calling back to the Bible, to believe the Bible. People go back and read the Bible. Let it minister to you. Grow in discernment. Be like the Bereans and search the scriptures. Many people during this time are going to take scripture out of context and make a theology for themselves. Be like the Bereans. Search the scriptures. Let the scriptures encourage you. Let the scriptures make you hold fast the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you go to the scriptures, God's, God's words will be a peace to your heart that surpasses all understanding. Cast your anxieties upon God. He cares for you. He, he will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. He gives you that peace that surpasses all understanding that we need now at this current time. And look today, look at David, how he ends this song. Look, look how he ends Psalm 56. He gives thanks to God for delivering his soul from death, for hearing his prayers, seeing his tears, and he's able to walk with God in the light of life. For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Which means enjoying God's presence in his life. And we too can experience this, brothers and sisters. God has given us the Holy Spirit to, to illuminate the scriptures and to lead us to, to be, the, God's word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. To lead us in the light of life. Go out there. When we are able to go out there. When we are eventually able to go out there. Go out there. Be in the salt and light. Because the ramifications are going to show in maybe three, four, five, six months time. Of what the coronavirus has done to the economy, etc, etc. But let us not fear that. Let us put our trust in God. Let us know that God is for us. He's not against us. So these two things that we've looked at, to know when we are afraid, to trust God, to put our trust in God, will we? Will we put our trust in God? Will we know that God is for us? These two things. Will we be encouraged to put our trust in God, no matter what our fears are? To put our trust in God so that God can wipe our fears away. So I challenge us. Like I challenged us last Sunday, I challenge us this morning. Jesus says, in the world you will have tribulation. No one is exempt from suffering. No one is exempt from sicknesses and pain. We will suffer. Tribulation will come our way. But he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Look to me. Because in me, as I always say, is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Look to me. And allow me, my word, the Gospels, the Gospel of truth, the Gospel of Christ, to help us overcome fear. You are from God and have overcome them, 
For he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Therefore we should say with David, I shall not be afraid. But I'm not saying we're not going to get afraid. We will get afraid. No one's perfect. No one arrives at not being afraid. But when we are afraid, let us put our trust in God. Because we can put our trust in God. Because God cares for us. And if you want your fear wiped away, turn to God. Put your trust in Him. Because He cares for us. He who is in us is far greater than He who is in the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this opportunity that we can come before Your Word. We can read Your Word. Allow your word to encourage us and strengthen us and rebuke us. Forgive us, Father, for, for we're going to be tested during these times to see what and who we put our trust in. And I pray that, that if we put in our trust in our idols and earthly things, I pray that we will just fall on our knees, cry out in repentance, Lord, have mercy upon me, and turn to God and ask Him to forgive us, and then ask Him to give us the wisdom that James says we can ask for any time. And he will give it to us abundantly without finding any fault. And give us the wisdom to trust God and to lean on him and to trust in him, knowing that he's for us. Father, please help us in this time. Please be merciful to, to, to us, especially the elderly folk. We know they're going to suffer more with the coronavirus if they get this flu. Be merciful to them, Father. But be merciful to us as a church. May we as a church stand and remain united together in the Holy Spirit, in Christ, in God our Father, and fight the good fight for Christ. Not a, a physical battle, not a flesh and blood battle, but a prayerful battle, a heavenly battle. May we be on our knees praying to God, reading scripture back to him, praying scripture back to him, so we can all stand together in love, unity, and remain united in Christ, holding on to our confession of faith. Father, please be merciful to us all. Please help us to, to trust you, and knowing that we can trust you because you are for us. Be merciful to us, Father. Be merciful to us. I pray and ask this all in the precious name of Jesus. And we all say... Amen.